0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Techman Podcast 236 with Tim Robertson and David Cohen. This is uh tech fan number two thirty six and this is uh this is a relationship show you know and uh we're taking a taking a little break this week we want to make the show um, uh, a little more accessible and uh, a little more polite don't you know so yeah uh, you betcha that's what we're doing this week it's going to be um, uh nice guys it's going to be different that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could maintain that the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, just play it completely <laughs> straight, like there's no big deal. This is just the way I talk now. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And then you don't mention it at all, and just go through the whole show and see how much feedback we get. <laughs> <laughs> we'll going, Who is that guy? What the hell is that? What happened to Tim? Did Tim have some kind of a mental breakdown or something? That would be funny. It would. But then you see, you'd have to do an accent of something. You had to. Could you do accents at all? Have you ever tried? I can. I can do accents. I I can do some
1: accents better than others, but uh, but yeah, we could do that.
0: Could you? Can you do an American accent? Sure. No prop. Let's see, let's hear you talk a little bit with on that. No,
1: I really I really haven't done it for a very long time. I know. I'm, I'm putting you when, on the when, spot. See, when I was, um, when we were, uh, we spent a lot of time in the states when we were kids because my our parents had a home in Florida. And so basically every, every school holiday, we used to, we used to come out to, uh, to Florida. And the problem with <laughs> speaking, speaking with an English accent, we used to get pulled up on it all the time. Oh, I like your accent, all that sort of thing. And so because we didn't really appreciate the attention, we all started speaking with American accents. So we didn't have to deal with that. So,
0: yeah. Makes um, it easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I, I haven't done it for a very long time. So I'm probably not very good at it.
0: So you're not going to do it. Is what you're saying. No.
1: No, absolutely not. I'm going to save it for a special occasion.
0: Anytime I'm alone in the car, well not anytime, but sometimes <laughs> when I'm alone in the car, I try to work on different accents. Um, some I'm a, a lot better at than others. Some of them just come kind of naturally that I didn't even work at it, like the one I was just doing. Yeah, so basically you're saying you put more effort <laughs> into, <politics laughs> into preparing for the show. I do. <laughs> Boston is the one that... I'll I'll try to say words like you don't hear outside of Boston, like Wor, Worcester. From I can't say it now. Worcester. See, I can't do it. Yeah, it's. I it's love kind of- I love the flavor of of that type of thing,
1: though. There's there's like a scale, isn't there, of accents as yeah. you go north of New York, you get more and more of those sort of kind of curious inflections.
0: Yeah, uh, so Rhode Island up- has one that yeah. I I'm not even close to being able to do. Yeah.
1: And then you get over into kind of uh New England and Maine and, and that and it's really, really
0: kind of peculiar because uh, Yeah, it's almost nasally. <laughs> I like it. I, I love the different accents. I really do. You know what's the See, funny the, thing is that there's the what people call the southern accent when people kinda of yeah. talk like this a little bit and uh it, usually if you do it fast it doesn't sound kinda right, but if you kinda of slow it down a little bit but here's what I've noticed about the southern accent. It really isn't tied to any one geographical location. Because there's people here in Michigan that kind of talk like that. And it's like, yeah. why are you talking like that? You're, you're in Michigan, dude. Go
1: ahead. I, I, was, I always got the impression with the southern accent that it was more of a class thing than anything else. You know, there was the, Maybe at one time. Yeah.
0: Maybe at one time. I, and I'm sure there's a Michigan accent that I speak with. Yeah. I don't hear it. I don't hear it in others, but it's because I grew up here. Mm-hmm. The uh, There used to be really heavy dialects throughout the entire United States, and that's because it's such a big country, and communications being what they were back in the day. What changed it was the nightly news. All of a sudden, the nightly news was produced in places like New York and Chicago, Mm-hmm. And the people that were doing the news tried to erase any sort of, you know, dialect that they had in their language because they wanted to try to have the most broad appeal to people. And so that sound kind of became the norm that most people in the United States talk like that. Um, and, But it was a gradual process. I mean, you go down to Texas and Florida and there's no accent. They sound like I do. Yeah, uh, But yet you go to boston and there is you go to yeah. the you go up to uh the michigan up or like uh, minneapolis and fargo and uh <laughs> you know well I, I, this
1: this yeah this is the thing i mean it, you talk about the influence of the media looking at it from from kind of this side of the world the of course most of where most of where you pick this stuff up from is is from TV and movies. Sure. And and there's not uh, up until I would say probably about ten fifteen years ago, there wasn't a lot of a um, of differing American accents in movies unless the movie was specifically set in a particular area. No, and they I all had
0: my accent, the, yeah, the exactly, northern. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or or what would ha- what would often happen is to differentiate the bad guys, the bad guy and have a different accent, and that's why usually British. Yeah, well, that's why English people were so popular in American movies because, you know, we had an evil Latin accent when everyone else was speaking an American accent. But, but really, um, I mean, you mentioned Fargo, that was one of the first movies where you heard everybody speaking in a kind of a, a real local dialect that was true to the place they were, they were living from. They yeah, it
0: was a thing was set from. Yeah, it was a Minneapolis, it was North Dakota, it was the yeah. upper. The up from michigan it was that accent yeah uh,
1: and funnily enough in the tv series uh you know here you go one of the uh one of the leads in that was an, an english guy yeah. martin freeman who was who was doing it as well but um we've had a similar thing here the bbc used to uh well i mean back in the day they used to use some what's called received pronunciation which is how the queen speaks yes No, that kind of very, very um, aristocratic-sounding English, yeah, Um, with certain words pronounced a particular way and, and yeah, very uh, kind of clear, kind of florid way of speaking uh, and, and, you know, all talk about about, um, there's no me and I. It's always we and, and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, The BBC started moving away from that uh, in the kind of 60s and 70s, but in the last 10 years or so, they actually moved out of London Actually, the BBC is now based um, next to where I work here in Manchester, when Salford is the uh, city. Um, And now all of a sudden on the BBC, even on the kind of national news and the national things, you're hearing northern accents because they're they're up here. And it's easier for them to go out and interview people who are from this area than from London. And so all of a sudden... You're 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 getting much more on the, on like the, on the kind of the national media. You're getting much more of, of regionality than you ever used to get. I mean, we always had we've, we're in a much smaller country, so we've always had TV shows with people with different accents on and and that sort of thing. Um, but um, to hear it in the national media is is quite is quite unusual, which is a nice change.
0: I, I love listening to different accents. It's always been a thing for me. I, I you know, obviously I can't do. I can't speak any foreign language at all. I can curse in Italian, but that's only because I dated an Italian exchange student back in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I was interested in. How do you say yeah. this? How do you say that? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm friends with her on Facebook still. <laughs> uh, so obviously it's the, I, I can't do an English accent at all. Uh, of course I've never really tried a couple of times that I did try. It was so bad. I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> um, for a while there, right after a certain Lethal Weapon movie, I I could almost do a South African accent. Yeah. Um, But I always found that for me to to learn a dialect here in the U.S. is to pick up a key a couple key phrases that they say in that area a lot and try to say that word the way they say it and then just kind of carry that over to other words. And uh, it seems to work yeah it's interesting of course the problem is is we we
1: we now read stuff written by people all over the world but in the words you can't hear how they speak and sometimes it's very jarring when you actually get to hear something by somebody you you're very familiar with from their written word right and then and then they don't speak kind of like how your mental your mental voice you create for them because obviously
0: when you read you tend to create a mental voice for people christopher Um, hutchins um I didn't realize he was English after I read one of his books, and then I heard him talk, and it really kind of... I heard a certain dialect in my head reading his stuff, and then I heard him talk, and I'm like, oh, wait, this guy's English. That kind of messed me up.
1: Yeah. Uh, Famously, um, the actor who played Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies, David Prowse, is a big... Obviously, they needed a big guy. Yep. He was expecting... To voiced Darth Vader. And yeah. you, gave, you gave all the lines on set, but he speaks with a, a West Midlands accent, which is the, uh, the accent from people that live in Birmingham. Uh, and that doesn't work for a galactic evil Sith Lord at all.
0: No, if you go As, on YouTube, you can actually hear him speaking yeah. some of the dialogue on set, and it's just, it's weird. It doesn't yeah, sound well, right. It,
1: it, it, I mean it, you know again going back to what I was saying about regional accents I think back in the 70s it would have been unacceptable for um a major Hollywood movie to have somebody with a regional British accent even if he'd, even if he'd to absolutely not the delivery out of the park which unfortunately he didn't I mean that's one of the, the main reasons they redubbed him is that <laughs> he undermined the character with the yes. way but not just
0: because of his accent just No because the way he was delivering an actor, the lines No
1: James Earl Jones no. you know <laughs>
0: And let's be honest, I mean, I don't think the movie would have worked as well if you'd have heard that accent. It it would have seemed more I don't want to say cartoonish, but he he just wouldn't have been as menacing.
1: No, well, exactly, that's the whole point. You need a, a you know, a baritone yeah. voice to really uh to really kind of sell
0: that character. Right. And, and James Earl to- Jones, I mean, come on. You know, he <laughs> he actually revoiced the character for a couple episodes of the Star Wars Rebels TV show recently. Yeah he's yeah, really good. Up now. He is, and and you know, it makes me sad because eventually we're going to be in a world without him. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh mm-hmm. man. So, anyways, let's get on some tech news since we just spent like ten <laughs> minutes talking about accents because of my unplanned. David had no idea I was going to start talking like that. So, the holidays are uh, at least the the Christmas part of it here, and the people who celebrate that is over uh here in the u.s at least where i'm at it was unseasonably warm so we have no snow it was bright and sunny all day on christmas day i don't feel like we actually had christmas i feel like we're i still need to be preparing for it
1: if you i i guess if you're used to having snow every year Mm -hmm. then then i can understand that i mean here particularly in this part of of britain you know we we have a people bet every year whether we're going to have a white Christmas because it's it's Hitterness. relatively unu- it's relatively unusual um, and um, yeah it's it's certainly not it's certainly definitely not a certainty and um, this year again it's been as you say it's been unseasonably warm I mean it's almost like a a late summer's day at the moment I mean it's bright and sunny here well the uh, big
0: El Menino off the west coast of the US is what's causing it worldwide um, temperature yeah, changes and warmer the, weather
1: so we've had a lot of
0: flooding here. I mean, the, the area where it I... That has I, been I, too because of the the exceptional yeah. warmer weather. Yeah. That's we're right. we're having huge uh, tornadoes and stuff right now, which is way, way late in the season for this in, yeah. uh, in Texas. In fact, my uh, Julie's sister, actually my parents, uh, my mother and father-in-law are heading down towards Texas. Uh, they usually do that right after Christmas and they spend pretty much the rest of the winter down there. they're in their 80s so you know and uh they just had like five people were killed in in the dallas fort worth area from big tornadoes and that's exactly where they're heading yeah so julie was a little worried about that last night and i was like well look that they just left yesterday so it's going to be another day or two before they get down there and by then all this bad weather should be out of there yeah
1: so we've had a lot of flooding here um I, where I've moved to now, I, I kind of live on the side of a r- river, there, <clears throat> so quite high up. But at the bottom of the road, there's a river, and uh, we were We went to a concert yesterday. we were driving past uh, down this road, and, and we, we crossed the bridge over the river, and, and the, the river was virtually at the, like underneath the arch of the bridge. Just wow. And uh, when we came out later on, they'd actually close all the bridges because they were worried about them being sure. washed away. So, um, and yesterday morning we got up and we can now it's now it's awesome and all the leaves are off the trees. We can see kind of, there's a big loop down where the river is, um, and they've built a flood defence there where basically they allow a large part of it to flood and soak up. Some of the water, so we kind of opened our bedroom curtains yesterday and I said, what's, what's all that shiny stuff down there? <laughs> it's a great a great big lake where the river would normally be, where they've allowed it to flood over mm-hmm. and, but unfortunately it didn 't help. There was a few people who got flooded out last night, so yeah, that always sucks, yeah, it yeah, arrives. it sucks any time. I mean people go, oh, it's just after Christmas, how terrible is it? And well <laughs> I 'm thinking well." really any time you flood it it's going to be horrible the fact is out christmas
0: yeah. in and there yeah worse today than it would be what july 7th i mean come yeah. on <laughs>
1: exactly yeah um but i we were very, i was actually very conscious when we were shopping for houses that i didn't want to buy so many houses here are built effectively on floodplains and uh, i i said to Leanne, I said i don't want to buy on those houses because they will flood yep. they're at flood now they will flood while we live in it
0: um um, yeah, it's Murphy's law. Don't, want to t- don't want to deal
1: with that, you know.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of houses, the uh, metal roof is about seventy-five percent done on my house now. Cool. They got all the, the stuff way at the top of the house done. Where yeah. my basically the peak of my house is almost four stories. I mean, it's really tall. Yeah. But my roof is very, very steep. There's no way in hell I was going to get up there and do anything. And um, that part's all done now. He just has to do it over the back deck. Uh the addition and then the uh front porch. So not a whole lot left. I'm kinda glad. Where's the helipad going? Oh, uh, backyard still. Uh, All right. we just have to move the trampoline and uh, <laughs> put it there. John Nemo was asking for pictures. I'll if anybody's interested, I'll take some pictures when it's done and Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise I mean it's it's a house with a metal roof. It's you know. I'm happy that it's done, but I haven't noticed anything, to be honest, any difference.
1: Have any of your neighbors commented on it So, all?
0: Yeah, a lady across the street. Um, my wife calls her the old biddy. She's always in <laughs> everyone's business. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's not really polite. She's always kind of... Yeah. I've said hey, good morning to her a few times, going out to check the mail or something. She's just like, meh. Meh.
1: meh. meh.
0: You know, she's one of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was coming in maybe a week ago, and she was like, I like your roof. I was like, kind of took me aback. A, a I was like, holy crap, she's talking to me. And I said, thank you. And she goes, that's a metal roof, right? And I said, yeah. And she goes, it'll last you forever. It'll last longer than the house. And I thought, I said, yeah. And I thought, wait a minute. My house was built in 1890. <laughs> this is an old house, 1890. I mean, in the UK, you guys have houses, you know, 500 years old. but
1: Not that, not that many that old, to be no. honest. I think most, most houses are the sort of things that
0: get knocked down and rebuilt quite regularly. So, uh, yeah. I, my house yeah. is, what, 125 years old in the u s that's very old, yeah I think that's pretty much really old anywhere, really yeah absolutely. I mean you guys a lot lost a lot of historical stuff during the war
1: we did um a lot of housing lot of uh a, a lot of uh, you know, kind of civic buildings and right you know, well, well basically a lot way out. we lost a lot of everything yeah a <laughs> lot, lot. Yeah.
0: but I figured this will increase the value of the property so eventually when uh, julie's sick of me you know and she kicks me out of the house and she eventually sells the house she'll get more for it yeah <laughs> You what you need to do is get a metal roof put in your shed so you got somewhere to sleep uh, you know i that's the one part <laughs> I, I i don't have a metal roof on is that shed i'm kind of hoping maybe there's some extra left over yeah um and and i can do that but yeah yeah.
1: Ah, and you know what? The shed, shed in my old house had a had a leaky roof. It had kind of a flat felt covered roof, uh, yeah. Stunt leak, and because uh, they do, um, and I actually did pretty much what what you've just done. I went out and I bought some um, corrugated fiberboard sheets, weatherproof sheets, and I just kind of nailed them to the roof and sealed up all the nail holes with pitch. Yep. Um, and um, that sorted it. the that sorted the problem. Absolutely. Again, yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, I'm so stuffy. I've got uh some kind of a sinus thing going. In fact, a week ago right after we did this podcast the next day, my nose felt like someone had punched me in it. I've yeah. had sinus infections before, and it's just usually <clears throat> that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But man, last, for the whole week almost, my nose felt like someone had punched me right in it. It really hurt just to touch you, it. Do you not feel that
1: uh, we we do a lot of technology stuff with Gadgets and with devices and computers and all that sort of thing. You do think sometimes think the biosciences are kind of left behind. Oh, like, I, I know we're doing these amazing things with DNA and and modification. Yeah, but it was like thirty sort of years ago that we cloned a sheep. and yeah, we haven't done anything even significantly close to that. It just amazes me that we haven't been able to do
0: deal with something that affects everybody every year. The common cold. Yeah. Yeah, I agree where but the flip side of that is i had to bring that back by the way the flip side <laughs> is in west michigan uh especially in the kalamazoo portage area uh it's been a huge influx in of small um biomedical and and those kinds, types of sciences a uh, growth in the last decade and it looks like it's continuing so I don't know, maybe that is the next field of growth. It's They're finally turning the attention now to where it needs to be because a lot of the stuff that they want to do there, we simply didn't have the computing power and the technology to support um, research and development there, and, yeah. but we do now. So I think that that's starting to get a lot more attention.
1: Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I see that. Lovely individual who hiked the price of those medicines by 5,000% got his. <laughs> yeah, what an, what an ass. I forget his name and I don't care. Mar- Martin Schrichelli. Sh- and it turns out that this wasn't the first dodgy thing he'd be done, and the feds came down on him for it. And I'm, I'm sure all that attention he generated for himself did not do anything to hasten any cases that might have been in development against him at all.
0: You know, yeah. for those who don't know, this is a guy who took over a, uh, a patent. Uh, with through his company, he bought a company that owned a patent that was critical in um, helping people with AIDS. Yeah. And at the time, this certain drug was selling for like thirty bucks a pill, which isn't cheap, but it's you know somewhat it's affordable. Affordable. Yeah. 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 And he he effectively raised the price to like eight hundred dollars a pill. I mean, what a scumbag! I mean, these these are the kind of people that you know, I'm a capitalist, you're a capitalist, but you, you you just want to take them out back and shoot them. You the know? Pro-
1: yeah. The, I guess the the problem, I mean, his argument was, I'm not trying to justify what, what, what him and his company did. His argument was that um, they were never going to get any development of this medicine at the price it was currently at. And they had to, they had to raise the price in order to fund research and development into new medicines within his company to make, make enough money. Now, on the face of it that sounds fine but of course you know it turns out this guy was a complete uh criminal scumbag and, yep. and he was probably just dressing up his price gouging with some sort of excuse but it it does actually kind of raise a question about what we were just talking about you talk about these small biomedical companies but the problem is to actually bring something to market to get it through all the regulation uh, and all the testing that you have to do costs an absolute fortune and and you uh, who knows, maybe there is a perfectly good cure for the common cold sat in a lab somewhere that just nobody can afford to bring to market.
0: Mm,
1: no. Or, or they don't think it's affordable to bring to market because it would be so mass market they wouldn't be able to sell sell it for $800 a pill. They would have to sell it for the sort of price that you and me would be able to afford to pay, which means that nobody would ever – that they wouldn't make enough money to justify getting it through regulation.
0: No, because if it's that widespread, something like the common cold – Uh, You could sell it for a dollar and you're still going to make huge amounts of money. Because it doesn't, once you've got everything set up to produce the drug, it doesn't cost, unless it's, you know, using plutonium. (laughs) (laughs) Once you have everything in place to start production, the costs just go way down. So. Well,
1: they do, yeah. But you've got to spend ten billion dollars to get it to market.
0: Yeah, but if it's look, if it's a if it's a cure for the common cold, a company like pharma a big pharma company is going to come in and just buy them and just take that over, and they'll well, recoup their money within a year.
1: That, but that again, that in itself is a problem, isn't it? If you're a small biotech and you're banking on the big pharma coming in and buying you out, um, who knows then what happens? sometimes big pharma's buy companies out just to. Uh, Keep keep something in their back pocket, so we'll bring it to market later. We'll just keep it off the market so that we protect our own um, Tylenol-based products at the moment. Yeah, you know, which which isn't very good, but you know what, people buy it in tons, and the patent expired forty years ago, and uh, that's basically pure profit for us.
0: You know, there's an old saying that there's no cure in a profit. There's no profit in the cure. There's a profit in treatment. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people. Seemed to uh, enjoy our discussion on The Force Awakens last week. Yeah. And Michael Breed sent in um, a book. <laughs> An
1: epic. And, 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 and,
0: yeah. And I would love to read it, Michael. Uh, I found it great, <laughs> and there were some points I would love to bring up. Here's the thing, though. It's way too long for David and I to read. Um, what we'd like to do is have you on the show uh, sometime. And we can discuss it, you know, maybe a special edition of Tech Fan about Star Wars and and have Michael on and we can discuss things there, you know, huge spoilers and all that. Um, But I I really appreciate him writing that much. You could tell he he was very passionate indeed uh, and he sent the photos to prove it yeah <laughs> he's,
1: he's a he's a big star wars fan uh, and there's not absolutely nothing wrong with that at mm. all that's that's really uh, really good and and you know Mike, michael clearly understands the topic in some respects better than we do in that he's he's read more of the background stuff that supported the launch of the force awakens and and was able to answer our questions based on some of that um unfortunately i i, I i'd still i'd still say it it would it would have been nice to see more of that in the movie rather than have to go and read two or three novels supporting it which you know hold on the the novel stuff is 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 real fan service stuff it's not really you know not everyone's going to go and read a novel before they go and see the movie
0: i never do i wouldn't i would it would spoil it for me i want that yeah. holy smokes that just happened in this movie thing going on yeah i, I don't want to know too much about Look, if it's based on a story like um, Ready Player One, and I know Steven Spielberg yeah. is doing that, which should make me think, oh, good, Steven Spielberg, he's a great actor, and this is a great story. It worries me a little bit. I think Steven Spielberg is actually too old to to really get the story. Um, but by yeah, the same he token. Was, yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was too old in the 80s. Yes.
1: He was already in his like, late 20s, early 30s in the 80s. Wait, so yeah, This movie needs someone our you. age. <laughs> you should have done it.
0: Yeah, I should have. <laughs> Clive Hammett on uh, on the Twitter tweeted to us uh, just once to the last week's show. Couldn't agree more with your views on The Force Awakens. Enjoyed it, though. Here's the thing, though. I saw the movie for the second time. I took my mom because mm-hmm. my dad will never take her. And I took my uh, two youngest kids, Cole and Brooke. Rachel was going to go to My twenty-one-year-old, who's back from the UK now, but she mm. got pink eye, and she was infectious right. that day, so she couldn't go. She was very, very sad about it. Which, so was I. I was looking forward to her coming. Uh, yeah. But I, so I watched it for the second time in the movie movie theater, and I have to say, I actually think I enjoyed it more the second time, David. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I knew the story. I knew it was coming. So I could really focus less on the overall thing on and, and how this fits into my memory of Star Wars and then just enjoying the moments. And yeah. I really, really liked it. I don't want to say twice as much, but one and a half times more the second time through.
1: I'll probably uh, take Alexander to see it
0: mm-hmm. t- tonight tomorrow because we, we've watched
1: the first three movies now. So I think
0: you'll enjoy Excellent. it more the second time as well. Yeah. The ex. Well, you lose your expectations. You know, you lose that. I this better be good. I hope they did a good job. Um, mm-hmm. You know who the characters are now. I think you're going to enjoy it more. I cool. and I'll be honest with you. The second time, I'm I, I'm good until it comes out on video. At yeah. this point, and the kids are going to want to watch it then, and I I might catch snippets here and there. But I I'm 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 good with where I am with it now. Yeah. Um. I know we're jumping ahead. Usually we do the feedback in the s- beginning of the second half, but uh, we got one from uh, Mark. Do you want to read that one? Sure.
1: He says, I'm famous. You know you make it when you get mentioned on the Tech Fan Podcast. This is
0: uh, Mark. How do you say his Mark, Mark Chappelle. Okay. He's, go-
1: he is. Um, uh, Nemo dropped me a note about him. He's based here in the UK. hmm So, um, Well, that'll explain a few things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He (laughs) said, I heard you guys talk about this on the show, and it's inspiring to write about my experiences with Kickstarter, but there's always one question that I really wish would get answered. If you can spend all of that money, and you don't have a really... If you spend all of that money, you don't have... You don't have... That's right. If you can spend all of that money you don't have on a really polished, well-produced video, why can't that be spent on the product? I found many times with these those really great videos, they rarely deliver, but that's just my experience. David sounds like he's experienced the disappointing stuff that's produced from companies on there. Great show. Really into Tim's interview style, and David's real-world scenarios works nicely. Cheers, Mark. Thank you for that, Mark.
0: Um, it doesn't yeah. cost anything to produce a really nice video now. I mean, when Apple introduced iMovie 15 years ago at this point, I mean, it's been a long time. So many people jumped in on the video bandwagon. And then of course, Apple purchased uh, final cut pro. It became the default standard in the entire industry. More people became video editors. Uh, So there's a glut of really good editors out there that really know how to make a very flashy video for relatively no money. I mean, you can green screen stuff and, and really make it look top notch.
1: The thing is, you still have to have the skills to do that, and that normally means hiring somebody. If I if I invent, I don't know, some sort of uh, video game widget and I'm going to Kickstarter it, I don't have the skills to produce a really amazing-looking video. So I'm going to have to go to a video editor or a video producer and say, can you do that for me? They're going to charge me for two, three days' work.
0: That's still a few hundred pounds. Yeah, but you could find somebody that does really good work on YouTube part-time and say, hey, I'm doing this Kickstarter, uh, you know, Would you do our video for us and we'll pay you if we raise our money? That'll be part of what we're paying for, raising the money. Maybe. I I think Mark's point is still well said. I agree. I agree with Mark. You
1: you should devote all your resources, all of your resources, to making sure the product comes out on time and to specification rather than um, the ancillary stuff. A lot of these Kickstarter guys spend a lot of time going around promoting the Kickstarter to to make sure they hit their goals as well. So, you know, they they view it as part of their product marketing. Yes. But it's it's always a bit disingenuous to be marketing something that doesn't exist.
0: (laughs) I agree. And it's – if you put the time and energy where it belongs rather than just the marketing – and look, we've talked in the past about how important marketing is. It is. It's very important. But if you put your time and money more into marketing than the actual product – I don't care if you raise your money or not, you're probably going to fail. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a rock, at least I think you have to have a really rock solid idea. Yeah. I, and look, I, I think some of the the cutie ones are, are fun. Like uh, this company came out with a competitor to uh, the raspberry Pi, mm-hmm. but it's cheaper. Yeah. And it's more powerful. It's like, wow, that's, and, and, it looks like it's going to be a really killer product and they've already reached their goal. They reached their goal within like five days.
1: Is that the chip guys? Yeah. CHIP? Yeah. Yeah. So I've invested in that one. Because they've got a portable version that I yep. kind of really want, but having said that, the problem they've got now is that you know they're kind of pushing forward, and it's going to take a long time, and it's pretty slow. In the meantime, the Raspberry Pi guys came out with a Raspberry Pi that's cheaper than their product.
0: Yeah, yeah, we talked about that last week or week yeah. before that they were just they yeah. they put it in a magazine to give it away. It's yeah. how cheap it was. I,
1: I actually managed to get one. I, they the second production run. I got you did get one. Saying that I, I did get one. Yeah, I haven't used it yet um uh, it's still is it still sat in my bag but i actually received received one. We well, used to have to finish unpacking, let's be honest. <laughs> <Don't>, that's <laughs> not even funny. That's really funny? I lie awake at night worrying about the unpacking still. Um but uh, but yeah, i so i managed to snag one. It I mean, really is an amazing amazing piece of technology and it is tiny. I mean it's half the size of a credit card. Yeah. Uh, I want all, one. I just don't
0: have, I don't have room in my life for another <laughs> product right now. It's
1: yeah, that's the thing. I'm going to have to find time to actually mess around with it. And time, is, time is the real resource
0: I'm sure of. What is this thing that I, I just got something this company wants me to review on Amazon? Um, and to be honest, I've been disappointed with it. I've had a dummy light on in my car for a while now. And, uh, or an idiot light, as some people call them. My car doesn't give you codes or anything. It's just like, hey, check engine. Well, I've got right. one check engine that I know how to reset it. It just means I need an oil change, and I've done it. I just haven't reset the light. <laughs> um, but I had this other engine light on for like two years now. And I keep meaning to take it into the garage, find out how much, you know, what's wrong with it, how is it going to... I figure it's probably just a sensor or something. Because, yeah. you know, honestly, the car still runs fine. Um. It's a Wells GoTech Bluetooth Mobile OBDI-2 diagnostic tool. Works with uh, iPhone, iPad, Android. Yeah. And you plug it into your OD- obd 2 port. You, it, that's what powers it. You pair it with your phone, you launch this app, and it gives you the diagnostics. It will also give you readouts from your car, like temperature and RPM and all this kind of neat stuff. And I thought this would be kind of neat to, to review, and it's like a $90 product. Mm-hmm. Well, what the heck, I'll, I'll take a look at it. I've tried it once, to be honest. Uh, I haven't gone back to it because it's been rainy and it's been the holidays. and yeah. I'll get back to it, but I plugged it in, I paired it, and it doesn't seem to work at all. It's, <laughs> it's not giving me any codes. It's not reading any information from my engine. Um, I'm going to give it, it one or two more tries, but if it doesn't is it, work... Is, is there a chance it's incompatible with your car? No, it's it, it. You can either plug it in or you can't. Right. Um, it's a diagnostic tool that they kind of standardized on this years ago. So any garage can plug you plug any car basically into their diagnostic and find out what's going on.
1: So the the codes that come out of it are standardized as well. So it's not like it's only specific to your car. No, it can be specific the to the car.
0: Yeah, but the, right. the 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 diagnostic tool reads all of these different codes right but but the thing is this isn't it's connecting just fine so it's powering up it's plugging in but i'm not getting any kind of readings so not happy with it right now i got to i got to get back in there and play with it some more
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's 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 been rainy it's been cold i haven't been motivated
1: isn't it disappointing though with cars that the reason people sell products like this is because they're concerned that when you go into the the garage the the garage will rip you off <laughs> they 'll say, "Oh, you need to replace this part when in fact you don 't really need to do that and they just turn the light off and then well, there's a reason that people charge. are worried
0: about that because it's been yeah. going on for it's professionals taking advantage of non professionals the the yeah. nail fight the it, it, that's I remember watching like twenty twenty or sixty minute hidden videos where they would all they would do is like unplug one of the spark plug wires. Mm-hmm. Go into a garage and say it's it's just running really badly, and half the time the garage would lie. They would see that what the problem was immediately, and then they would come up with, well, oh, it needs this and it needs that, and they would never even mention, oh yeah, and by the way, your spark plug wire was just unplugged. Yeah. Um But I, I they weren't all like that because I remember they would also show the guys who were real honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would come back and go, oh, it was just a spark plug fire was unplugged i'm not going to charge anything you're good to go
1: the problem is is that with modern cars yeah you know, i mean you talk about being a neophyte but pretty much everybody's a neophyte if, if one of those lights up, you have no you have no alternative but yeah. to plug a computer into it and that's what this product's aimed at but yeah uh but it's so
0: got to give me information it's it's good.
1: well yeah it's got to work but yeah. also as well i mean the market for that is so small because m- of people have no interest in doing that. And even if they did have interest, they're not going to understand what comes out of the thing anyway. You know, if it it tells you, oh, well, this sensor has failed, then the garage can still turn around and see you and say, oh, yeah, but to replace that sensor means we've got to do this and that and the other and that. So it's not really helping you.
0: Uh, It doesn't help the average person probably. But for someone like you and I, we could plug this thing in. It gives us the code. Uh, and the app says, oh, this code means this. And uh, oxygen sensor is bad. Replace. Well, then yeah. we, we Google search oxygen sensor Honda Accord or whatever your car is. And, oh, it's, it's uh, on Amazon. I can get that part for 12 bucks, And that, then you jump over to YouTube to search oxygen sensor 2005 Honda Accord. Search. There's a video of it. You watch the video for two minutes. And the guy shows you how to change it you go, okay, I can do that. And you're done. That's yeah. the way it's supposed to be. That's how a product like this should be marketed. But it's got to work. It's, gotta, it's, it's not doing anything for me right now. So, David, let's take our uh, late break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Apple. Be right back. Hey, Siri. I'm looking for a new podcast. How about three geeky ladies? Well, I want to hear about technology. As I said, three geeky ladies. I want to learn about different types of apps and websites that will help me in my day-to-day life. Um, Three Geeky Ladies fits the bill. A podcast that talks about new
1: releases in Apple, like iCloud, Photos, new iPhones and iPads.
0: Oh, and El Capitan is coming out soon, right? As I've been saying, Three Geeky Ladies is what you want. Say, what about the Three Geeky Ladies podcast? That looks like exactly what I want. Thanks, Siri. Wow, 3D Key Ladies, a technology podcast from a female perspective. Find it on the Stoplight Network. And we're back here on TechFan 236. Hold on. Nice hot coffee, uh 730 in the morning on a Sunday. I'm drinking it out of my Tech Fan coffee mug. Did I send you a picture of that? You did.
1: And I uh, responded that your wife is awesome for, for she, getting it for you.
0: She, well, she uh, she just bought the coffee mug. Just a All white. right. And uh, she's got this uh, Cricut thing that it's kind of like a printer, but it doesn't print. It actually cuts vinyl. And she's been going nuts with this thing. She's real happy with it. We bought it, oh, God, six, seven months ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. off of this lady on Craigslist. She was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We met in Kalamazoo. Uh, I think I gave her a hundred bucks for it or something like that. And, uh, it was kind of cool. Um, she actually sent her husband and he was a tech guy and I ended up standing there talking to him for quite a while. Uh, Uh, but Julie's been real happy with this. She made a bunch of t-shirts for, um, for the holidays, like for her parents They've been together since, I don't know, 56, I think. Mm-hmm. And so she made a, two T-shirts for them. In the back, on her mom says, together, and then 19. And then her dad says, since 56. Uh, so together, All since right. together, since yeah. 1950. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, very good. And uh, she's made me a T-shirt on a design I made. I put Villains Arcade on it. Mm-hmm. And it has um, the Pac-Man ghost. Uh, space invader and donkey kong and it's yes the, yeah did i send you that very one? cool
1: you did yeah and uh and also the one with the um the nintendo controller on
0: mm. yeah that was a shirt the, the kids got the kid, me the kids
1: right okay. yeah, yeah so I, i'm looking at these machines now because uh this is the sort of thing my wife
0: might be interested in it's pretty neat um yeah you know, it's it's not too expensive to to upload a design to a t shirt company or a coffee mug company and and order it and they'll send it to you. But there's not a whole lot of creativity in that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I watch a show called John's Arcade. I've talked about it, you know, before. In fact, uh, our occasional co-host Owen Rubin was actually on a podcast called Arcade Outsiders that the guy who does that show also does. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a connection there. And yeah. I've watched him restore arcade machines many times now. And when he's putting the great big vinyl on, he used this thing called Rap and it allows you to kind of move the vinyl around before it completely sets. And, right. it, and it also helps get any kind of air bubbles or wrinkles out. So when uh, Julie was first getting into this, she was getting bubbles and, and wrinkles and, and unless she laid it exactly where she wanted it, it's not going to – it doesn't always work. This is – there's two different kinds of vinyls, one that you would put on coffee mugs and one that you would do for sh- – excuse me, shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so I told her about this wrap attack. I ordered it for her, and uh, it seems to be working well. The coffee mug came out well. Cool. So
1: – I, I see here that you don't actually – the machines are nice, but you can actually just kind of do it by hand as well. You could. If you're uh, if you're so inclined, depending on how good your artist skills
0: are i guess i've seen some of the design stuff and it's like there's no way you're going to cut that out and make it as precise yeah. as it's almost like a milling or a, a cnc machine but for vinyl. yeah yeah it's uh that's pretty neat it is it's yeah. you know I, I actually i reached out to the company over a year ago thinking you know we could talk about it here on the podcast yeah just we get one in and julie can have it and I'll observe it, and we could talk about it here on the show. But they never responded. Well, so, they didn't need to because now you're talking about them for free. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, but they didn't so, get our money because we bought yeah, it used. Yeah. It's a it's a wireless one that works with Bluetooth. Okay. Cool.
1: That's that's uh. So it, that's, that's better it, than the cheapest model. Yeah.
0: It is. There's yeah. workarounds because it's it's not a perfect solution. Um. It. The software is done via the web. Mm-hmm. Or an app, but if you use the app, you can't upload designs to it. So you have to use a website, and it uses Flash, which I have Flash disabled in Chrome and Safari. Yeah. So I'm using a little known web browser called Vivaldi. That's uh, that I only use for the TechFan podcast Twitter account and yeah. this. So when she has a new design. She has to jump on my computer and, and up, well, technically she sends me the file and I upload it to her yeah. design space and then she's on her iPhone doing all the design and, and sending it to the printer and everything. So it's yeah. it's cool technology that I don't think a lot of people know about. No, I didn't I'd know I've never about had it. this
1: company before.
0: No, me neither and they seem to be very popular. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you mentioned... Um, Good coffee. You mentioned video game stuff there so one gift I did get, we don't we don't really do Christmas because we're uh, Jewish. We do uh, Hanukkah. But oh, I thought you were Satanists. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> as I mentioned that to you, well, I now choked that, you up. <laughs> now, now that the rain stops, we'll be dancing naked around the park. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. Pictures, um, please. Uh, <laughs> okay. N- maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe yeah. not yet. Um, but uh my my wife did come over with a gift for me the other day we we do hanukkah but we really do it for the kids we don't do it for ourselves that much though i did order my wife a uh, rose gold apple watch cuz i saw one on sale so um we kind of we normally buy each other one or two little things but she came home with the other day from the market with a a book she bought for me which was uh, i was actually incredible. i don't think she appreciates how incredibly thrilled i was with this book it's a thousand and one video games you must play before you die
0: oh i've seen that book before i i'm very interested
1: in that is it good it's it's fabulous it's it's huge but it's basically kind of like a history of of all sorts of video games it's amazing. Um, and it will keep me busy for months because it 's huge, and uh, yeah, and my son's already got his b d i on it as well I read I've made the... prom- go ahead, I made him promise not to
0: not to go and take it away from
1: me before I finish with it, so
0: <laughs> so how many of the video games just kind of going through it have you actually played?
1: I would probably say maybe about thirty thirty five percent that 's not bad you know, i don 't think it's too bad but i'm I'm only in the the early bits, I think as I go. Because um, obviously, I started the begin. I started leafing through the book. I'm not reading it page by page yet. Re- leafing through it from the beginning, and I'm about a third the way in. But obviously, that's that's the. A lot of the games were from my childhood. I think as as I get through into the later games, I'll be going, no, not not played that one, not played that one, never heard that one, never. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's it's a great book. It really is good.
0: I was looking on my iPhone because I thought I had it on here, and I guess I guess I don't. Um- the history of video games I bought years and years ago when I first started getting back into uh, video games in 2002 when Mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out. So, I mean, that was a long time ago. The PS2 was still a new system at that point. And um, I, I bought this book. It was a huge book. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. The problem is it stopped right before the original Xbox and PS2 was released. But it gives you the the early days up through, you know, like I said, the PS2, uh, the history of the video games, the stories from the people who actually created these games and some of the political things. And it was, you know, a lot of it focuses on the uh, Atari initially, and then yeah. it moves on to Nintendo versus Sega, and then how Sony got into it. It's, it's a fascinating read. Yeah.
1: One of those stories that will never end, though, because <sighs> thankfully, you know, my- even if even if you had the updated one that covered the development of the Xbox and then the 360 and the PS3 and all of that, of course, that wouldn't cover mobile gaming, which we're still right in the middle of.
0: No, well, it was a big video game holiday for the kids this year. Uh, they got uh, Lego Dimensions, mm-hmm. and we I, they weren't going to get that. The thing was a hundred dollars, but yeah. then Target put it on sale for like 69 bucks mm-hmm. and at the last minute i bought it i was like what the hell
1: so this is the thing where you it's a bit like skylanders you put the lego figures on a portal and then they appear in the video yeah, game. yeah you
0: literally have to build a portal a lot of legos first before you do anything yeah which was good because this just drives me crazy i know we've talked about this before but they put the game in and it's almost expected now you put the game in you launch it you got to wait an hour because there's a huge up, uh, an update to it, and then it has so it has to download that, then it has to install the update before you even get to play the game. Yeah. So at least they were my oldest daughter, which I'll be honest with you. I was sitting on the couch, and Cole, my youngest, and Brooke, my oldest, so the twenty-one and the eight-year-old mm-hmm. are building this thing together in, in Legos. I sat on the couch pretending that I was doing stuff on my iPad, but I was really just kind of watching them. I liked it a lot. It was it was fantastic to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. they got that. Um, I was doing a little bit of research because I, I, I know that they would like the Marvel superheroes. What are they, no, Disney Infinity. Yeah. But the new one, again, it's like almost 100 bucks. I'm not going to spend that much. But I found out that the software for Disney Infinity, you can get for $15 as a digital mm-hmm. download. And it works with the portal for Infinity 1 and 2, because this is a little USB dock thing that you... Yeah. And so I found uh, on Target, they were selling... They had a special for Disney Infinity starter pack that comes with the little portal thing for, like, 20 bucks. So I bought that, and we bought a bunch of figures. Um, And so I thought, they're going to be happy with all this, right? So,
1: yeah. So are you saying that the the Disney Infinity... Three characters will work on a one portal.
0: Yes. All oh, right, I didn't know that. Yeah, but you have to have the Disney Infinity three yeah, software. Yeah,
1: just, just the software. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I just downloaded the software off the PSN store for yeah. fifteen bucks, and now they can play Disney one, two, and three on the same thing. Which cool. great, and you can you can find the the earlier figures a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if that wasn't enough of video games, Cole also got um, Injustice. Which is a fighting game, but it's yeah no I, superheroes. I, Alexander loves injustice. Yeah, uh, he, he had it on. You.
1: He had it on the iPad, and then uh, when we moved house and I set up the Xbox 360 on the main TV, uh, I picked him up. Picked up a copy for him of that.
0: That's exactly uh, what we did. The Xbox, yeah. The same story. We had it on uh, an iPad, and so I, he got it. Uh, Brooke is way into anime and these rhythm games from Japan. Mm-hmm um oh my god the the music is so bad in it (laughs) so bad and she just she wants to play it all the time even cole's like i don't want to hear that yeah but you gotta let her play it i mean what are you gonna do (laughs) we've got two ps3s you know i've got the one here in my office slash game room and the one in the living room so i'm trying to push her to the one in the living room so i don't have to hear it as much (laughs) uh but here's here's the cool thing um For a stocking stuffer, this was from mom and dad. It wasn't from Santa. Um, We were thinking stocking stuffer for this, but then we realized, you know what? Let's give it to both of them and we'll put it in one big box. Yeah. Uh, I was on Facebook and someone posted this um, Skylanders thing. We've never had Skylanders either.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, A Skylander set with two of the video games and like 30 of the figures. And they wanted $100. And that's a good price, but I talked it yeah. down to $70 and I bought it. It was uh-huh. used, but they it looked like it was perfect. I mean, there was nothing yeah. wrong with them. So we got we picked that up as well. And so it's it's been a big video game Christmas for the kids. Cool. Yeah. Marvel Superheroes on the Disney Infinity seems to be the big one though. Mhm. That's the one that they keep going back to. They were yeah. la- they were laughing their butts off. Because Brooke was Thor, and Cole was Iron Man, and Brooke was carrying... It looked like Iron Man was sitting down, but Brooke was carrying him over her head <laughs> as Thor. And and Iron Man is shooting and everything as Thor's running around carrying Iron Man. They did that for like a half hour, and they were yeah. just cracking each other up. And of course, Cole, being an eight-year-old boy, is like, I think Thor just farted on Iron Man. <laughs> He's an eight, you know. He's eight years old. Fart, uh, fart jokes are the big thing for Cole right now, right? No one else in the house will, except for me, it kind of appreciates it. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about here in the last bit of the show. Go ahead. This was your yeah, topic so, that you you put in the show yeah. notes two weeks ago that we never got to.
1: It was this, and this was prompted by um, uh, there's there's a great Twitter account called the at Johnny I parody. And so this is Guy.
0: Well, it kind of says Guy. it all right there in the name.
1: Yeah, so he, he, you know, he basically says how you think Johnny Ive might really think, and uh, you know, yes, Johnny Ive is rude and arrogant, and uh, but also very, very satirical in this, in this uh, account, and he posted a time. Uh, I posted a picture of uh, the new Apple battery case with the lump on the back,
0: which we talked about uh, being
1: horrible. Which we talked about, and then we and then he posted the new Apple mouse that has uh, a, char- a lightning charging port underneath it, so you have to put it on its side to charge it. Uh, which is he has so all stupid. three, yeah, all these three things, and then the Apple pencil that, with the iPad Pro that basically you take the cap off and you plug it into the bottom of your iPad Pro, so it's sticking out. Um, and he puts a picture of these three things together with the title, "What a time to be alive." It's funny, yeah, But I, I thought this was good because uh, I, this this really tried uh, really punches. Well, it was on two two levels. He's, he's obviously he's taking the Mickey out of these products, um, and some of the design choices have been made. But you know, it made me start thinking about. The, there's a bit of a, a a meme in the in the press, which is which is what I call Apple design veneration it doesn't matter what flaws uh apple products have the shorthand when anybody writes a story about apple design is uh you know apple's design is the best in the world and um johnny ive is a is a design angel um who was who was shed from the tears of god (laughs) and uh you know, basically, it goes on about about you know, Apple's design is absolutely amazing, and it, and Johnny Ive is a is a world legend, and and all these things are true, but they're also at the same by the same token, not the level, not perfection. Um, and normally, when people are talking about Apple design, they will kind of give Apple's design a bit of a pass.
0: And- yeah, they don't call them on their shit yeah exactly
1: uh and i think that's what was great about this photo was uh from johnny i parodies it basically says look let's not remember these guys are not perfect and they do some things that sometimes whatever the reasoning behind it it appears to the rest of us to be pretty odd (laughs) yeah and and i would say in fact that you know they they, not they're not perfect they never have been i think pretty much every apple product you can point to one or two design flaws and say really you know that i i don't i you, you can certainly not agree with the design decisions made and and i think a lot of them actually on an engineering level have been actually flawed for a long time i do agree i think pretty much every uh apple line that's ever come out you can point to one thing to say where there's an engineering flaw in it if it's if it's not laptop hinges it's home buttons or it's um flex gate you know, flex gate or antenna gate and you can argue the toss about how important these things are but nevertheless they were there um and and yet as great as the design at Apple is and and, and it is very good it's not perfect and and it's it's a pretty low bar when the rest of it Well
0: that's that's to really me ball. that's that's where the story is. Yeah. That Apple's products seem so much better than the competition because they actually do engineering. They actually have a designer, a world-class designer in charge of design. The rest of the technology world seems to rest on their laurels, copies the essential ideas that Apple comes out with, and releases their own versions. Now, I know a lot of people are going to probably disagree with that, but the entire Android phone market exists because they copy the iPhone, from the UI to the design of the phone itself. If you look at the best-selling, most popular PC laptops, they look like MacBooks, and they have for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and nobody is buying PCs anymore, it seems. Um, why doesn't the PC industry, the Samsungs, the HPs, the you name it, why don't they invest in their own design and do something radically different? They all they all seem to be completely scared shitless to do that. To do so, they're just not doing it. And it's disappointing because they have the technology to to make some really killer stuff. Yep. But they, the closest I've seen recently is a new TiVo, which is kind of stupid because it's got this big curve in it so you can't put anything on top of it. Like, it exists in a vacuum all by itself. It's a, it's a dumb idea. But the software underneath TiVo is world-class. They just don't know how to build a decent-looking box. So... It's almost criminal that we give Apple a pass on this stuff and hold them up as a gold standard when there is nobody else that's even competing with them in design. Yeah. I mean, if I was in charge of a company like HP, you're not going to do anything major to the software, right? Because it's either Android or it's Windows. Yeah. So put all your money into design. That's where you spend your money. You make your products look so much cooler than the rest of the pc industry at an affordable price you you make it so people have to have it they have to touch it and none of them do that none of them do and that's that's why johnny ives seems like a genius because it, he's like a college professor in an elementary school <laughs> Like he's going yeah. to class with a whole bunch of kids in elementary school and wow, he's so much smarter than him. Well, yeah, because he's going to school with a bunch of elementary kids. Of course he seems smarter. You put him in a college and he's not as smart. He might just be average after all, but he's yeah, the only I, one doing I, it. I,
1: I think the industry has kind of embraced him as being more than average. I think he's a very, very talented designer. I agree. Um, and, and let's face it, I think the other this is the other meme as well that we need to avoid, which is that uh, he does not personally design everything. He has a big team who presumably he has molded to share his sensibilities and his approach to working and everything. But we know that he's involved in designing the, the new spaceship campus, and he's been involved with some of the Apple Store designs. Yeah, but things. I don't think There's anything no will leave. I'm sure, I'm sure he gets to sign off everything that goes out the door, but I don't believe he's personally involved in the uh, particular design decisions of every single product that Apple makes.
0: I think he probably is, to be honest. Because when you stop and, and and look back at how many products they actually produce, it's not a lot, dude. It's really not. They have the laptops, and there's basically two designs there. Well, three, right? They have the desktops, which is essentially one design as far as the iMacs. And it really hasn't changed in 10 years. It's got thinner, but ostensibly it's the same thing. The Mac Pro was completely redesigned, but it took them, what, 20 years to change that? If you go back to the G5, because the G5 and the Mac Pro looked exactly the same until they the are, new one came out.
1: They, in fact, inside, they're quite different. Yes, but... And know having a Mac Pro now, and, and had the G5 before. Inside, they're, they're completely... It's only outside that they look the same. Inside yes, but we're
0: talking different. about design aesthetics right now.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think that's just his job. I, I don't think that's just the designs team. They are an engineering design team, so they don't just do the aesthetics. I that's think true. they do. I think they're involved in how things work, how things function, how things are maintained, how things are also manufactured and built.
0: But I, I don't think, there think there is, anything leaves Apple without his stamp of approval.
1: I I agree with that. But what I'm what I would argue is that for a start, uh, don't don't just take the stuff that comes out. You, you've got to you've got to imagine all the, all the stuff they do that never gets sees the light day. Absolutely they will also be involved i think their workload is probably a fair bit bigger than than perhaps you 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 just suggested um but i I, what i'm saying is if he's got a team of 50 people while he certainly he certainly will see and improve or in terms of saying yes i'm happy with that every single product i don't think he's involved in these particular design decisions of every single product he may see the outcomes and he may even question and send back some of the outcomes but i don't think you know when it comes to the debate uh, on the on the macbook the uh, the mac one as now people tend to call the macbook one the usb c macbook um, when it comes to the debate about how many ports it has uh, and whether I sit, think he is the I, one i think he's I, the one I, that said i, I want us to
0: have one port
1: uh, well i don't know we 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 don't know but I, I i suspect it's as much a team effort as it is just a johnny ive effort did you
0: ever see the uh, the youtube video that's circulating when the macbook first came out uh i don't know what the actual show is because i don't speak spanish but it it looks like there is it looks like a mexican talk show for mexico Mm -hmm. and they've got this guy and he they're they're kind of putting faux subtitles in it right and they're talking about the macbook like this guy was on the team did you ever see that video uh no, I haven't seen it. You know what? Let's let's uh pause this cuz I want you to watch this and then we'll come back and talk about that for a second because it it blends in perfectly with what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> uh so David just watched this video. Now, if you guys want to see this video, I'm going to put the embed code at techfanpodcast.com under show 236. So you can watch this video. Now, you see it's it's some kind of a Mexican talk show, these two guys and this this guest has like like two teeth, <laughs> and he's laughing the whole time. And they put this English subtitle over it on 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 this video. Oh my god, it's uh, I, so funny! Uh,
1: but yeah, it's this so is like you know when people started putting those uh, new subtitles on the hit the scene. For yeah, them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is not what the guy was actually saying. No, <laughs> you it fits perfectly.
0: It's so funny, it is yeah. so funny and and it, it that kind of sums it up for me when it comes to some of the decisions <laughs> Apple has made recently um well yeah they, the, the, they they got rid of convenience and and power and all this, all in exchange for we can charge people the same amount of money and they get less of a computer. And I think they've been doing this for a very long time and no one ever calls them out on this. And I don't, you know, you used to get more machine for your buck through Apple. And now you get a MacBook for 1299 with one fricking port on it with a mobile processor. And, you know, we, we argued about this in the past. Well, you know, that's for some people it's, it's more than enough power and blah, 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 blah. It should be $600. It should be six hundred dollars, and yet it's twelve ninety nine. Only Apple can get away with this shit. They're the only company. Nobody yeah. else can get away with making these decisions, and no one calls them out on their shit. Nobody. I th- I think it's interest. Well, it'd be interesting to see
1: how this plays out this year. If if the MacBook Airline disappears and the MacBook becomes slightly. A bit, it drops in price or different models come out and it becomes kind of the, the way forward then we'll know that it was a success if the macbook air continues to hang around um then we'll know that actually the macbook itself is not selling that well for the for probably for the reasons that you say that people look at that and then they look at the MacBook. i mean i've looked at them side by side in the apple store now and the problem is the retina screen makes the macbook air look terrible yeah it makes it absolutely terrible and it does spoil you i'm looking at a uh, at my old polycarbonate macbook here now and i can see the pixels on the screen now i never used to be able to see them and it's just because i've seen something better yep and and so now i notice it um and and you know that is part of what they're trying to do and they're also trying i think they all are they generally believe i i think that this is the future of computing that the kind of the ipad iphone type you know, let's and that's it down, the problem. It, that's the problem similar. right there. Make it, it simpler
0: for people. This is the future of computing, according to Apple. And because the rest of the PC industries is a bunch of lemmings that they simply follow what's successful, that they're following suit. It. We need a new Apple. We really, really do.
1: I, I think. I think, Don't this. Really, I think there's a place for this sort of stuff. I agree. I there is also, but, but there's, there's no. There's also a place for other stuff as well exactly you know, I, I told, and we're not getting you, the other stuff yeah, that's, I told that's you my a contention of weeks ago. yeah i told you a couple of weeks ago i picked up this 2007 mac pro yeah so this is um yeah, this is, for the day was a very very expensive powerful machine this is as this got uh a two quad core Xeons in it three gigahertz so it has eight cores in it now each of those processors is much slower than anything i can get in a mac mini today but because there's eight of them the machine can basically do loads of things at once. So I don't care about the speed it does anything. What I care about and what I enjoy using it for is the fact that I can... Uh, have loads of tabs open in a browser. I can be working on a Word document. I can have my email going in the background, and the machine never slows down like a modern machine does because it never gets choked. It, well, the modern machine as soon as you start doing something with USB, which uses the processor as much as, it, as, as anything else, then the whole thing machine kind of start, you start seeing the beach ball with this computer you don 't now. Out of the box, it only runs Lion, because that's as far as it was supported. It was trivial for me to get Yosemite on there. Yep. Absolutely trivial. It was uh, the work of 10 minutes to put a a different EFI EFI bootloader on there, which somebody developed, that basically takes the 64-bit calls it wants to make when it's booting up and translates them into 32-bit. And once it's got past that bit, then it works fine. So there's no reason whatsoever that this machine could not be running the latest operating system today except that Apple decided they didn't want it to.
0: There you know, needs to be a new Apple. We we yeah. need a new computer company that comes out with one product that's really, really good. I don't want another phone company. I want a new computer company. Now, I'm not saying that it has to run Windows or Linux or Mac. It, if they come out with their own OS, great. Although I don't think a a new company could really support that because there'd be no apps for it at all. But we need a new company, at least from a design aesthetic and engineering aspect, to come along and take the PC industry by storm. You know, giving people what they really need. And I don't think Apple's done that for a very long time.
1: There, there is an argument to be made that Apple did some of its best work when it was really um, beleaguered. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the the everything that came out of, uh, you know, the iMac, the iPod, the iPhone was basically a reaction to them being beleaguered for so long. Yeah. Nowadays they're not beleaguered. Nowadays they are the
0: biggest company in the world. And there's an arrogance that you can see when they're sitting there telling you this is the greatest thing ever. And they don't have that Steve Jobs reality distortion field where you go, well, wait a minute, hold on, hang on a second. Um, I I just want another company out there that's that's coming up with really cool stuff. I really, really do, and I think I, consumers I, I, really need that.
1: I don't think we're going to get it, unfortunately. No. I think um, you know it's, it goes back to what we're saying about design. The, however much we complain about Apple, they are by far and away the best computer company out there at the minute. Absolutely absolutely um, and and you know Apple on a bad day is still better than most companies on their best day
0: and there's a lot of things I really do admire I don't want people to think that I'm bashing Apple here because I do because I care but yeah. from a design standpoint they rule the industry for a reason because everyone else is just not as good uh, from a software standpoint no one else even comes close in my opinion You know, from an ethics standpoint, I think what Apple is representing is fantastic. I love how Tim Cook gets out ahead of controversies and and takes a stand that I happen to agree with. Mm -hmm. I know other people have different uh, political influences and thoughts, but so far what Apple says is kind of what I agree with you know, when it comes to like gay marriage and equality for women and working conditions in China and how they're trying to change it, but they are just one company. Um, I, I agree with what Apple's doing. There's the, that Australian security guy that worked in an Apple store that basically told two black kids they had to leave because they were black. Yeah. You know, Tim Cook and Apple got out in front of that. They were so unhappy. I'm sure the guy lost his job. That's the kind of response that I want to see. Shouldn't have happened yeah. in the first place. But this is the real world. Those kind of things happen. And the response was spot on. You condemn it. You say, this is not who we are as a company. You address it with the entire company, you address it with the media, you get in front of this thing. Too many companies don't do that anymore. So there's a lot of things to really respect and, and admire about Apple and their leadership but as an industry as a whole we need more choice we need we need competition we need other companies to step up their game to make apple even better yep that, and that's you know we've been bit advocates for that for a long long time david and since we started a podcast i still haven't seen one company that's that's done that have you not
1: consistently. Uh, there's been sparks of it, I think, in yeah. different places, but um, not as an organization, and that's really what you need. Absolutely, um, I agree. And, and a lot of the companies who've tried to do it, I mean, even Microsoft you can accuse of this, have kind of tried and they're not stuck to their guns. They've kind of tried something new, and it's not worked out, so they've fallen away from it, or they've rode back from it, or they've changed tack, and they've not tried to stick with it.
0: Um, I would agree with you with Microsoft, except most of the stuff that they backed away from at this point all came through past leadership that the, the mm-hmm. current leadership seems to be holding pretty steady right now. Uh, and because Microsoft's such a big company, they can't turn on a dime. I think Patel, it has to, is that his last name? Patel? Yeah. He, it's going to take him a couple years to really put into effect the changes he wants to see for with Microsoft. And I think you're starting to see some of that now. I mean, they made some boneheaded mistakes, But overall, I think they're kind of on the right path at this point. You know, they're embracing their own hardware and software, which I think is key. Um, They've got the focus on what it needs to be, and they're trying to get rid of the legacy stuff without abandoning people. You know, I think they're doing a pretty good job. They just need to do better. So I'm I'm not too unhappy with Microsoft right now. I almost feel sorry for them in some respects. You know the 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 Nokia thing. That was that was bomber. That wasn't him. Yeah, you know. And there was yeah. a lot of people opposed to it, but bomber kind of ran it through and of course that's why bomber's gone now because he was he was not a good leader. He did not understand where technology was going. I mean, he made fun of the iPhone and the iPod. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in charge of a technology company, the first time you see the iPhone, it shouldn't take you 3 to 4 years to respond correctly and it did yeah so anyways next week yep cool we'll uh it'll be 2016 when we do the show again david i know another year um things moving on we would love to hear from you the listener send us feedback to the show at com. Didn't we have something from Nemo, or am I imagining that? Um,
1: I saw... I mean, he's, he sent me the thing about uh, about Mark. Chappelle, yeah. Yeah, but um, I can't remember. If it, I'm just having a look now.
0: Well, we'd like to hear from you guys. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in 2016? Is there new technologies coming that you know about that's not getting a lot of reporting or is there a particular product that you're waiting for an update before you jump on maybe the the new macbook 2 maybe the next apple watch maybe a new iphone what's out there on the horizon that's got you kind of excited that you're hoping to see in 2016 david and i would love to hear about it and uh, we'll talk about stuff very similar next week on uh, tech Fan 237 See you next week. Bye, David. Bye.